we want to still be individuals. Yes, we're going to get to be parents and that's going to be incredible, but um, we also still, we're also still ourselves. Welcome back to the podcast called Let It Out with me, your host, Katie Dale Bout. And today's episode is brought to you in part by my best friend, my little sister, Amanda, actually. (laughs) She has this amazing program about healing your relationship with fitness that, trust me, you guys, I've been hanging out with her by her pool all summer. If you follow me on social media, you always see us together. And we're actually both only children, but I really think of her as my little sister. People always ask us if we're sisters because we kind of look alike. Anyway, all summer long, she has, and more than that actually, she's been working on this program to help women. She's already an eating psychology coach and health coach and a Pilates instructor, my Pilates instructor. She really turned me on to Pilates, which I talked about in the favorites episode. That was the last episode. But anyway, long story short, she has this program called Liberated Movement that launched last Friday, and it is a online course that will help you heal your relationship with exercise and doing exercise to love yourself, to love your body, to help you feel better and feel more empowered. I don't even like that word. That's maybe not the word, but to help you feel inspired and to give you something that actually feels good and changing that relationship. For me, I never liked exercise until really I met Amanda, to be honest. Um, And Amanda was kind of the opposite of me. She over-exercised and was addicted to exercise and really had to change her relationship to it. So thus, she made this course and I know she works so hard on it, believe in it so much, and have been with her as she's been working so hard in it that it's worth every single penny that Anyway, it is a sponsor of the show this week, and that's why I'm promoting it, because I truly love it. So if you do want to check it out, the link is in the show notes. Make sure you use that link, and if you have any questions about it at all, let me know. Shoot me an email. And on to today's episode. Today, I have my other best friend. Unfortunately, she doesn't live in the same city as I do, but Simi is back by popular demand. Everybody loves Simi. I'm going to get right into today's episode, but there are a lot of mothers or soon-to-be mothers or people who might be considering being a mother someday listening to this podcast, and I am nowhere near becoming a mother, but I am curious about it, and I have a lot of friends who are becoming mothers or recent mothers, and so while my BFF Simi was pregnant just a couple months ago, we recorded this conversation to really take a snapshot a snapchat I was gonna say a snapshot or snapchat I guess of what being pregnant looked like for her and how that might be different from other people and what she learned about her body image and her relationship to food and her relationship with her partner Tim and everything about her thoughts and feelings throughout pregnancy and we really had this honest 
chat about this. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. I just listened back and I love this conversation so much. I'm so glad that we had it and we recorded it so you guys can hear it as well. So I would love your feedback. Tell us what you're thinking and feeling regarding this episode, regarding pregnancy in general in the Facebook group. Make sure you're on my email list. And at the end of the episode, I'll come back to tell you who's coming up on the show next week. And I'm really excited to tell you. So enjoy this conversation with Simi. I love her so much. And congratulations to her because her and Tim had their baby. Osh is born. And I cannot wait to actually meet him in person. But if you guys want to see pictures of their baby and see more about their lives post-motherhood, check out Simi on social media. All of the links to her will be in the show notes, but follow her. She's amazing. I love her. And thank you, Simi, so much for doing the podcast yet again. Talk to you guys after the episode. I'm here with Simi, one of my best friends, friend of the podcast. I'd say BFF of the podcast at this point because this, this is your third almost your fourth appearance on the podcast because during the live podcast multiple people told me that even though you weren't officially a guest on that one multiple people heard your laugh from the (laughs) audience which is the cutest laugh ever there it is hello um (laughs) hello official bff of the podcast and we also sort of have two guests today because can i say the name of your baby you totally can Alyosha is in your belly, and he's about to come out in about two weeks um, or so. We'll see when he actually makes his debut, but you're pregnant, so congratulations, first of all. Thank you so much. We are both happy to be here. (laughs) And it's funny because I've had you on solo telling your story, and then I had you and Tim on talking about your relationship and marriage, and so it's very fitting that we do a pregnancy episode or a demystifying pregnancy episode with you because really your whole like life has unfolded on my podcast. It's like reality TV for you. It's so true. It's like the it's like a, a new version of like the Bachelorette. <laughs> exactly. It's it's like the opposite of the Bachelorette. It's like the wife and mother. <laughs> I know, right? It's like the boring, the bo- boring ass bachelor. Not really. I think this is more interesting. <laughs> Move over, JoJo or whatever her name is. <laughs> so we hang out all the time. We talk all the time, and we—I think it was when I was visiting, or maybe it was when we were on one of our multiple times a day phone conversations, and we were talking about this experience of pregnancy that you're having and how people have all sorts of experiences of pregnancy, but I think we have very common perceptions of what pregnancy is like. And so we wanted to get on the call together and really talk about it because as someone who is not pregnant and don't know if I ever will be pregnant or maybe I will, I don't know. I'm not in that phase of my life. I have a lot of questions for you. And I've, you know, had the great fortune of being able to kind of go along with your pregnancy from the beginning. I think I was one of the first people you shared it with till now, and it's so exciting. But I thought I I still have some questions that I haven't asked you yet that I really thought that I would, and I thought it would be valuable to people because you are so wise and you're one of the coolest people that I know. 
that I thought I would record it for, for a couple of reasons. So for people like me who haven't had experience with it to learn, you know, what it feels like firsthand. And for people who have had an experience um, to feel less alone, you know, if their experience is similar to yours. And if their experience is totally different than yours, they'll know that that isn't the only way. And perhaps to have more sympathy for friends who, you know, have had more of a challenging pregnancy you know I think that's something to that would be a good thing and then lastly you know for you Simi to remember what the last nine months of your life have been like and I think that that's what I really love about these podcasts is I get to capture a moment in time with people where they were feeling whatever they were feeling or this phase in your life that you were in where you can you know like you and Tim had that old podcast conversation that we had that you can always go back to and remember what it was like in 2015 when we recorded that or, you know, for this one, maybe, who knows, Alyosha will be listening to this someday when he's, like, you know, 20 and, like, too cool and who knows what will be happening then. Podcasts will probably be, like, so uncool and weird by then. (laughs) But anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with me again. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll focus a bit on pregnancy. Like I said, I want to hear about that and be able to ask questions candidly. And I know that you're such a vulnerable, real person on the internet and just in life that I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with. But also, I know this will be a tangential tangential conversation. We'll talk about lots of different things. And I hope you come on the podcast a thousand more times to talk about even more things. So anyway, thanks for being here. I'm so excited. Yay. So when did you know that you wanted to be a parent? Were you one of those people who always wanted to be a parent, you know, from the time you were really young? Did you have like baby dolls you carried around when you were like five? Like when did you know that this was something that you wanted to do? Um, definitely was not one of those people who uh, kind of like grows up with the maternal instinct. Um, I, I mean, like I played with Barbie dolls growing up, but I was like mostly interested in just like having them make out. Like I wasn't yeah. really like, interested in like letting them like have kids or like pretending like they were my kids. Um, I grew up with a mom and a sister who are both incredibly maternal. Um, They both really love kids. They're very good with kids. They're very natural children. Um, Children are drawn to them. I am not like that. Um, I'm not, I've never been like super, super into kids. Um, I don't mean to make myself like sound like a monster or anything, but like I'm just not, I'm not someone who's ever felt like super natural around kids. Kids aren't like typically drawn towards me. I relate Um, to that a lot. And I am definitely one of those people who, I feel like I really could have, I really feel like I, if I was with a partner, married to someone who um, did not want to have children, I, I think I really could have wrapped my mind around that and been fine not having children. Um, but being married to Tim and knowing that like he, that being a dad was something that he really desired, I was also open to, I was also open to becoming a mom and open to becoming a parent with him and and doing and doing this thing together. So um, I would say that I don't I don't really have like any memories growing up of like really like craving to be a mom or like wanting to be a mom or like acting out being a mom at all. Um, and 
the moment that I decided that I was ready to be a parent was actually this um, this past year, so 2015. Um, Halloween weekend, we went to visit my friend Russ in Boston, and we went out and we drank like one too many uh, martinis on Friday night. And so, because we were all a little, we were hurting a little bit the next day, we ended up not going out on Halloween. And instead, Russ, Tim, and I like went to the corner store and bought candy to hand out, like in his in his like Boston um, trick or treat night. And we were just sitting on the front stoop. And there were all these adorable kids and these, like, cute families coming up and trick-or-treating. And I just, like, felt in that moment, like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm ready to, like, have a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I told Tim, um, I told Tim, like, a few days later, I was like, I think I'm really ready to, to, like, start trying. If you are, like, I don't know, something just shifted inside of me. And he told me then, he was like, no, I'm not ready. (laughs) So he said that he wanted, um, he was like, I want another, I think I want, like, at least another year. And so I, I was fine with that since I had sort of like sprung it out of nowhere on him. Um, and then it was, I don't know, like maybe a month later that he told me that like he had changed his mind and he was ready to start trying too. And so like two weeks before Christmas, we started trying. And then the day after Christmas, I found out I was pregnant. Then you called so, me and I was in and my closet. Yes. I remember exactly where I was. It's like, you know, when the celebrity dies or something big, you remember where you are? Like when Princess Diana. Yeah. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was. Um, so did you guys, um, well, I guess you sort of already answered this because I was going to say, you know, when did you guys start having this conversation, but which you sort of already answered, but from when you got married and when you, when you guys were dating, did you guys talk about kids um, and having kids and like what kind of parents you would be just more in like an elusive way of like sometime in the future? Yeah, definitely. We, we talked about, um, about parenting and co-parenting and like what our hopes and dreams were around that um, long before we got married. So that was something that I felt really, really clear on because like I said, I I wasn't someone who felt super strongly like one way or another. Um, And so those conversations were like really important for for me to have um, with him. And I know they were important for him to have too. So we talked a lot about um, like back when we were living in Chicago and when we first lived together, like we talked about how many kids did we want to have and, you know, like what what might that look like and what were would we be excited about um, when it came to parenting and like, you know, what names did we like for kids and all of that stuff. So those were conversations that we had um, like a few years before we got married and then they continued and, you know, as time goes on, the conversations get a little bit more real and then the conversations turn to like, okay, how long do you how much longer until you're ready to like start trying and those kinds of things. Yeah. It's kind of more a fun daydream thing and then it becomes a conversation and it becomes a plan and that makes sense. It evolves into more like realistic conversations from just like the dreaming part of it. Yeah. And I feel like for you guys, something that we should mention to everyone listening is that you've kind of had an experience with being parents already because you have two basically children that uh, my brothers, Harrison and Oliver, um, so was the same sort of conversations had when you guys decided to get your dogs and when you having co-parenting your dogs together, was that kind of a good 
do you recommend that to people who want to maybe become parents? Like, was that kind of a good, I know it's, you know, I'm sure parents listening are maybe rolling their eyes with this, but is it it's something that was effective for you to, you know, kind of see how you guys could share responsibilities on something important in your life and keeping something alive? Absolutely. I mean, you know that we are, we treat our dogs like we do humans in our house. and so, They are humans. They yeah, look, look like humans. They <laughs> act like humans. They're very much, we very much consider them like children in our home. And I think I we will, should make the like album cover of this episode just like a photo of the goons. I <laughs> love it. I think we totally should too. Um, it, I don't think there was anything that prepared Tim and I more that, that have has prepared us more for for parenting than having those dogs. And obviously, like, yes, in in a way, because we have have these um, lives that we're responsible for taking care of. But more than that, I think just the way that we have learned to communicate and, like, co-care for something has been really, really um, huge for us. And in the beginning, when we first got Harrison – we had a lot of like arguments and disagreements and we couldn't like we couldn't communicate very well in that way but then we got better at it and better at it and then we got Oliver our second dog and i feel like we've really like mastered that art together and i know it will obviously change when Alyosha's here and we'll have to you know keep keep building on those skills but yeah i mean for us like having the dogs and now we've had dogs for 5 years so having having those dogs has been incredibly helpful in terms of just having a small glimpse into um into what it what it's like to co-care for something together yeah yeah it was actually really beautiful I don't know if I told you guys this but I remember this moment the last time I was visiting the last time I was at your house and I was just like watching you both with the dogs and just like it probably looked super creepy but I was just like (laughs) sitting there like staring at you guys and just thinking like damn, they're going to be really good parents. Like, they're going to be really cool parents because your relationship is so strong and because you love the dog so much and you love each other so much. It's just going to be, like, this this pool of love. And Tim said something that was, like, really brilliant of and, – and this is a, something I wanted to kind of get into later and, and, you know, we'll probably need to do a follow-up when you're actually officially a mother after, after he's mm-hmm. born because I would love to talk about this more as your life just unfolds more on my podcast – But he said this thing when we were talking, you and I have been talking about this a lot of like the, the thing of like becoming a mother and not losing yourself and really adding another, Tim said this, he was like, we're adding him to our team. You know, we're not changing, going out to his team. You know, Mm -hmm. I think he said it like more eloquently than that. But I remember just being like, wow, that's really brilliant. And it, it gave me a lot of peace of mind of like, you guys aren't going anywhere. My friends aren't going anywhere. We're just adding – we're bringing a new friend into the group. That's going to be, like, really cool and awesome. Yeah, that's very – that's very much um, – you know how you asked, like, when we talk about, like, what kind of parents we wanted to be and, like, how – like, how we how we wanted to co-parent and how we wanted to do that. I feel like that was something that um, Tim brought up, like, really early on, just wanting – wanting to feel like, yeah, we, we get to add this really like cool, wonderful, incredible human being to our lives and that we're not like going to join like his, his life. So that, and I love that. I love that he, he has that perspective and I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so awesome. And like Tim's just been really thoughtful throughout this whole pregnancy, like with 
with his perspective and with the questions that he's asked. Like just a few nights ago, we were um, hanging out and he asked me like if I had to pick, you know, two or three things that I really wanted to make sure that I could prioritize for myself um, once the baby's here so that he could be sure to really support me Mm -hmm. so that like I'm able to do those things. So he was like, what are like the two or three things that are really, really important for you to do like as an individual, as, as a woman, like as a entrepreneur, as a friend, like what are those things? Because I really want to, I really want to make sure that you're able to prioritize those things. And so he's been, he's been really incredible about, um, about acknowledging that like we, we want to still, we want to still be individuals. Yes, we're going to get to be parents and that's going to be incredible. But, um, we also still, we're also still ourselves. And so I love that he's been so thoughtful about that. Oh, so good. Yeah. I think that you guys should write a parenting book <laughs> before you're even parents. Let's see how this, let's see how this kid turns out first. <laughs> No, I really, I, that's all, it's all so good. And so, it's so helpful. What a great free podcast, people. And you just got that nugget from Tim of asking your baby mama, wife, girlfriend, boy, I was going to say boyfriend, but they're probably not pregnant, whoever it is, asking them what they need and giving them that gift. That's just like so brilliant and really cool of him. So, you wrote this article a couple months ago for Refiner- for Refinery29 that went viral, and you really got vulnerable, and it was so beautiful, and I reread it before this interview, and I was, like, texting, and I was like, your article on Refinery29 was so good, and you were probably like, that's really random that Katie's reading that right now, because it came <laughs> out months ago, and she's already read it, but whatever, thanks. Um, And I just want to read part of that that really resonated with me and kind of get into some of the less glamorous parts of becoming a parent, becoming a mother, and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So you wrote, I was instantly committed to rocking a healthy, happy, super zen pregnancy. I wondered dreamily, where do I get my flower crown? Unfortunately, my body had other plans for my first trimester, Plans involving a lot of nausea, carbs, and panic. (laughs) It's just so well written and you and just so unbelievably true, I think, for so many people, whether it's an experience with pregnancy or or a plan that just doesn't go the way that you think of it go, the way that you want it to go or the way that you anticipate it going and having to roll with that. And that's why I think this this article is so fantastic. I'll link to it in the show notes. And if people haven't read it yet, they, they definitely need to. But I would love to get into, you know, when you were writing that article, um, you know, the feelings that came up for you and what your expectations for pregnancy were, some of them you mentioned there, and how have they been different? How have some of them been the same? Let's get into the nitty-gritty of that. Sure. So um, before I got pregnant, I really thought that pregnancy um, – I, I mean, the, the people who, who I had known really well, the articles that I read, my mom's personal experiences that she had shared with me 
really led me to believe that um, pregnancy was this time where women felt like the most womanly that they possibly could and it was like this very feminine, beautiful time where you felt super grounded and were just really like feeling so beautiful and very desirable and really at peace with yourself and just that it was this incredibly magical time. Um, and I should say that I do believe that there are many women who have experiences like that. And I think that's wonderful and fantastic. Um, that was really all that I had ever heard of or read about, you know, like even just reading like celebrity articles where it's like, I love being pregnant. I've never felt so sexy, whatever it is. So, um, when I got pregnant, (laughs) and was hit with this really intense nausea and vomiting um, constantly and could barely keep food down, could barely get myself out of bed. Um, when I wrote the article for, for Refinery29, it was during you know my first trimester. It was towards the end of my first trimester when I wrote it. I did not know that at the time that I have hyperemesis, which um, I've had that nausea and vomiting through my entire pregnancy. So I, I actually thought, even when I wrote that article for Refinery29, I believed that there was an end in sight. I just hadn't hit it yet. Um, turns out, for me, there was no end in sight. The end will be when this baby comes out. Um, and so it, it really was, it was upsetting to me. Um, it was discouraging. I felt, um, I felt sad. I felt like I wasn't good at being pregnant. I felt like I wasn't womanly enough or girly enough or or good enough at being pregnant. Um, and so what I wanted to do was write this article that just shared about my experience because I know, um, you know, outside of pregnancy with other challenging experiences that I've had that any time that I've shared one of those challenging experiences, there have been women out there who have shared in that experience and have have appreciated being able to relate and connect. And so what I really wanted to do with that article was just say like, yeah, some people have kick-ass pregnancies and they feel amazing and they feel wonderful. And I love that and I'm so happy for them. There are also some of us who do not feel incredible and who do not feel amazing and who actually feel sick and feel really discouraged. And it's a very challenging time physically and emotionally and mentally. And so I just wanted to give a voice to an alternative experience because I hadn't, I hadn't read that voice or heard that voice anywhere else, and I, I wished that I that I had so that I didn't have to feel so alone during that first trimester. Yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast to even just that article's out there and it's fantastic. And any time that I have someone going, know someone who's pregnant or going through anything similar, I I can easily send them that link, but I want it to reach even more people. And so I think that's really how this conversation that we're having right now was born, because I want to highlight and elevate that exact point of helping people feel less alone, because that's anytime that I hear someone interviewed on a podcast or read a personal essay from someone and it makes me feel even slightly less alone with whatever it is I'm dealing with or I call a friend probably you and out something that I'm feeling and I feel heard and I feel like I'm normal and like I'm not a freak and it makes me feel relief, and it's so cathartic to, to share. So that's really why I wanted to do this. So thank you for, for talking about it in such a public 
way and, and talking about it more now, I, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And just bring awareness to a lot of people, you know, that everybody's experience is different, but this is yours and it's, it's worth it. It's worth sharing. So I want to know, you know, with being sick and very, very sick consistently for almost nine months now, cl- very close to nine months now, something that we talked about, which I, as your friend, has been so challenging. I mean, it's not not challenging for me. Obviously, I'm not the one with Alyosha in my tummy, but I was the first one that ever saw felt him move. I will just so, say that oh, before so- Tim. FYI. He, he loves New York as much as I do, so he gave a little, he gave a kick when we were there. <laughs> yeah, that was lovely. Um, but other than that, the I'm not the one super connected to this pregnancy, but something that has I've just been thinking about a lot since you've been pregnant and just haven't been able to wrap my mind around it and something that we've discussed on, on the phone a little bit is that, you know, you've been sick, like just like someone who has the flu or someone who is like down for the count with an illness for such a long time. Whereas like when someone has the flu, they get to take time off of work. They get to have downtime and then it goes away and they get better and they catch up and they get back to their normal life. Where for you, that's not really an option, you know, especially being an entrepreneur. And even if you, you know, you had a a job that was, um, you know, if you worked for someone else, I think the situation would be the same. Like for this period of time, you can't just not work and you can't just not go to things and you can't, completely shut down your life you're you're pregnant you have to still live and do things however you're feeling like you have the flu all the time and I know for me being nauseous and I think this is like nausea is not a feeling that anyone enjoys but I just can't stand it like that feeling of being nauseous I had the flu last summer and it's just so terrible it's not like you know having a slight like I mean, not that like earaches or a sore throat are fun, but I feel like if I have like a slight sore throat or a slight cough, like it's manageable. But the feeling of nausea and like I might get sick any second is a totally different thing. And so how did you deal with the fact that like you had to continue on with your daily life even though you're extremely ill, but you have this almost, not excuse, but you have this veil of pregnancy to kind of put over it where people are like oh okay you're you're just pregnant not just pregnant but it almost not if it I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth but it it almost like belittles it or it's something that you have to just like the show must go on but it's so much more than that hopefully I'm am I articulating this right does this make yeah totally it totally makes sense um it does it definitely felt like oh my gosh the show must go on like you're saying I didn't I didn't feel like I had, um, I didn't feel like I had this like free pass to just like sit out of my life for nine months. And so I did have to learn how to deal with it. And, and I think like the ways that, that I found that were most helpful to do that were first of all, just being really like gentle and compassionate with myself. So understanding that, you know, my level of productivity or my general energy, or the things that I at one time could accomplish in a single day, that that may that that may not and likely was not um, available to me when I was feeling like this. So I just had to say to myself, like, okay, yes, you need to get things done. Yes, you need to, 
Yes, you need to show up 100% for your clients. Yes, you need to move forward, but you don't necessarily have to move forward at the at the speed and the pace that you were moving forward before. And that's okay reminding myself that like this was a season um, in my life and that I there there will be a time where I will get back to to a different level of energy and to feeling and to feeling better. And I think the other thing is with that came um, a really valuable lesson, actually, and that was the need to to really um, be real about my priorities. And so, when um, when you only have so much energy, and when you can only get so much done, um, you have to figure out like what are the things that you need to rise. What are the things that need to rise to the top that you are going to handle first? And um, I got. I have gotten very good at um, getting done what needs to be done and being okay with not doing more than that. Um, so, you know, previously it would be very normal for me to work like way, way ahead and to add lots of extra things to my plate just because like I might have had downtime. So I figured like why not use it as an opportunity to be productive. But um, with, you know, not feeling that well, with needing extra rest, with with being more sick, um, I've I've been able to get done what needs to be done, and then in that extra time, rather than working super far ahead or adding like additional things to my plate, I've really used that time instead to prioritize self care, which I have felt has been incredibly important, and that you know looks like sleeping more or resting more, um, or you know getting getting support or seeing holistic practitioners to try and help me to ease some of the symptoms. So things like that, I would say just general compassion with myself and understanding for myself and then also um, getting really good about prioritizing, which is something I'm excited, a skill that I'm excited that I now have to use even after the nausea is done because I do think that's something that's going to carry over and benefit me um, Mm -hmm. after I'm feeling normal again. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. What a way to like make it a positive learning experience like everything that you go through good or bad is something that you can learn from and you're so good at seeing that so with that what are ways that friends and family and and Tim have been able to support you during this time that's been challenging and like what are things that have worked and what are things that haven't worked that might you know come from a good place but you know from your perspective like just weren't helpful? Um, well, I think something that is important to know is that when when someone feels sick, and I imagine that this isn't just, you know, during pregnancy, but like anyone who, anyone who's suffering from um, an illness or something that is, that is a prolonged situation where they do not feel well, it's incredibly isolating. Um, and you feel very lonely. You, um, you wonder like, has the world forgotten about you? Like, have my friends forgotten about, forgotten about me? Do they think that, um, I'm being like a baby or making this up or complaining too much or whatever it might be. So I think those are natural feelings and fears to have come up when essentially you're spending like what, what is like months in bed, you know? Yeah. And so for me, like the most, um, the most helpful thing that that friends or Tim or my family have done has has just like been to reach out and to let me know like that they're thinking about me like that was the has been the most um, valuable thing just where I don't feel like I'm on an island by myself 
um, but where I'm still able to connect. And because I am someone who values my relationships above everything else, um, that that's so, so, so important to me. Like, you know, my love language is quality time. So like getting to connect with people, getting to talk with people, um, even when I maybe am not in a place where I can go out and be quite as social as like I previously would have been able to do. Um, it's, it has meant, um, it's meant the world to me. Um, and I would say things that, I mean, things that are not helpful. It's not necessarily like that it's intentional, but, um, it is hard when, you know, you have a conversation with someone and you tell them that, that you're struggling or not feeling well. And then, um, it feels like they like never reach out again to connect with you or when you do reach out to them, like they don't really reciprocate it. And so that's a, that's like a challenging thing for me personally, because I am someone who, who values those relationships, um, so much. So yeah, I would say like if you have someone in your in your life who you feel like is going through something like this, like just text them or call them and let them know that you're thinking about them. And if you are someone who's going through something like this, just know that it's normal to feel a little bit lonely and a little bit isolated and that it's okay to reach out to the people who you care about and let them know that you're feeling that way. Mm, yeah. As you were saying that, I was like, I want to text you and see well, how you're, you're so doing. Good at that. You do such a good job of that. <laughs> I'm talking to you right now, so it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to text you, like, after this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We're texting all day anyway. Um, yeah, I just, honestly, like, I've been thinking about it so much, like, I'll, I'll be sitting here and I'm like, Simi's nauseous right now, you know, like, I like, whenever, it, like, makes me really grateful for the fact of, like, I don't feel like I need to barf right now, you know, it's Tuesday, and it's just, it's, you know, whenever you, whenever I, I call you and you answer the phone, I can tell if you've like just thrown up and <laughs> by the way that you answer the phone. And it's always, it's, I'm just like, it's been so long. I'm so happy that we're finally towards the end. I know. I can't, I can't wait. But something that you just said, like where you said, oh, I just like appreciate that. Like I'm not nauseous right now. I do feel like this whole experience has given me such an incredible appreciation for feeling, for feeling normal, for feeling like I, like I could do anything like in the body that I'm in. Um, and that is, that is something that I am so grateful for because I do think that I had, um, almost gotten to a place where I had taken for granted, um, how great, how great I felt in my skin and how comfortable I felt and how, I could really, you know, like basically say yes to anything. Like I felt pretty capable. Um, and so I am so appreciative for this experience because I do feel like um, after feeling unwell for so long that I have a completely new appreciation for wellness. And it's an appreciation that I don't know that I, that I would have developed if I had not had this experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so cool. And that's kind of the next point I wanted to talk about anyway. And the other big part of your refinery article was the aspect of body image and mm, what yes. pregnancy did for your appreciation of your body and your image of yourself and your relationship with food. And so I'd love to, to really get into that and you know, for review, um, you know, talk a little bit about your relationship with food and your body before, um, 
your pregnancy and for people to get much more of that they can go back and listen to the first episode with you which we'll we'll link in the show notes um but give us a little bit of like an update of like where you were you know just before getting pregnant and then how you realized you know oh there was maybe some some more stuff here and kind of talk about that yeah so um after a pretty like significant history with food restriction and dieting and orthorexia and binge eating um i had done a lot a lot of work um in my relationship with myself and had gotten to um what i believed was just a really healthy and happy place in my relationship with food and in my relationship with my body um became a health coach like help other women to help other women do the same um and i i really i mean before getting pregnant i really felt so comfortable so confident in my own skin i felt very in tune with what my body needed um i felt like i had really like i really had just a very like relaxed presence in that area of my life like it, it didn't need any effort i really you know had a deep appreciation for myself and um was practicing self-care regularly and embracing intuitive eating and um just didn't didn't feel the need to diet or restrict or you know criticize myself or any of those things so it was in a really in a really healthy and happy place um before i got pregnant bring us into what the relationship with your body was like once you did get pregnant and yeah. did you realize you maybe had what just you tell us what happened sure so i um because i was in such a good place like with my body and and how i was feeling around food i was actually really excited about pregnancy because like i mentioned earlier um i had already had a very like euphoric view of what pregnancy was going to be like for me um so i was like this is awesome i'm already feeling like so good in my body i'm going to like go to this next place where i'm going to love like watching my like body shape change and i'm so in tune with what my body needs that i'm really going to be able to like feed her all the foods that she needs to grow like this wonderful like healthy happy baby and i can't wait to drink all the green smoothies and to eat like sprouted grains and like do all these things that are just going to feel so like incredible to my you know to the baby and is going to like help to have this like abundant health and i really and you was, ate a lot of that sort of thing before. So. Right. Totally. And I was just excited. I was like, I, I'm so lucky to have gotten pregnant um, at this time where mentally and physically, like, I'm in such a good place. I can't wait to sort of, you know, use that relationship with myself to help create, like, a really, a really like, healthy, happy baby. And so I was just really looking forward to that. Um, and... And then I get pregnant and I'm so sick and like the only thing that I can like even like fathom eating is like sticky white rice from like takeout restaurants, like super like greasy pad thai. And like that was essentially like it, like anything that you would like think of as nutritious, my body literally rejected it. Like. <laughs> I tried once to drink a green smoothie and I think I got like three sips in and like it would not like my body was like not having any of this like I couldn't eat a vegetable we couldn't even keep vegetables in the house I actually had to call 
I had to have Tim move all the vegetables onto our deck out like out back and I had to call a friend and be like listen come pick up these vegetables like otherwise they're going in the trash can like I can't even look at them I can't smell them I can't see them like they can't be in the house I can't even know that they're here and so it was like just the I mean I couldn't even eat like brown rice like it had to be it had to be like white like sticky rice with like sugar vinegar on top I don't even know like what they put on like what is going on like on this rice but it couldn't even be it wasn't like okay I can eat I can eat like whole grains it was like no I can eat like processed carbohydrates and that's essentially like about all that my body can handle at this point um and for the first few days, like, it's fine, right? Because I'm just like, oh, I'm just like a little bit nauseous, fine, like, I'll eat some white rice. But then after, like, days and days and then weeks of that's the only thing that you can even keep down. And it was also scary at that time, too, because I was throwing up so much that then I was, you know, losing weight. And so then you're worried about the baby in that way, too. It's like, okay, I'm not even, like, hanging on to weight and I'm eating these foods that are, like, nutritionally devoid of anything and a lot of my a lot of my old food fears like really started to surface during this time because i felt um it was like double it was like i felt like i was letting myself down and i realized that there were a lot of these rules coming up where i was like oh this food this food's bad for me or i shouldn't eat this food like i should be eating these like really nutritious foods for the baby so i felt i felt badly like on one level about like taking care of myself but then i felt like terribly on this whole like other much deeper level about how I was like letting down this baby and like was already an awful mother because like the only thing I could eat essentially was like toaster waffles and <laughs> couldn't give my baby like anything that you're, you ma- you're actually making me hungry right now with the toaster waffles <laughs> and the <laughs> white I mean, rice. I'm literally going to go over some pad thai right now. So yeah. it it was i mean it really like brought up a, a lot of a lot of stuff for me i was feeling you know i was feeling emotional i was feeling exhausted i was feeling really sick and honestly like i was just feeling like a failure on so many levels and it had been a really long time since i had experienced even an ounce of guilt around food um and i just felt like in that moment where i was like i cannot trust my body to like crave the things or need the things that like this baby actually needs. And so that was, that was really scary. And it was also another thing, you know, that I talked about in that refinery article, because I, I couldn't find anyone talking about this online, even though I know that a lot of women deal with awful nausea and vomiting during their first trimester. Um, and you know, even like throughout their pregnancy, but I, I felt like for for those of for those of us who have had um, a history of of disordered eating or eating disorders or anxiety around food or whatever it might be that like these experiences were not only like emotional from the point of wanting to wanting to be good moms and like take good care of our bodies like during pregnancy but also from a place of like really triggering like a lot of that old mentality and so that was something that. I just wanted to share, you know, that was that was my experience. And so if other people are having that experience, like, please know that you are not alone. Like, that was definitely my experience. Yeah. What about thoughts about your body? And as you, you know, get closer to him being here, did you notice any old thoughts about your body specifically coming up? Not, not just the food aspect? 
In a way, I feel like I've been um, distracted a little bit from my from my body and the way that it like physically looks and is changing because of how I felt. Um, and it's so funny because I work with a lot of my clients. I'm like, okay, if like in order to you know stop obsessing about like how we look, we should we focus on like how we want to feel, right? Like how do we want to feel in our bodies, and how do we make choices that connect us more with how we want to feel. And so I think because I've been so distracted by just feeling pretty terribly that I haven't focused too much um, on like obsessing over physical changes. Yeah. But with with that said, um, there is a lot of anxiety, I believe, that comes from having people constantly commenting on your body and how mm-hmm. it looks, having people touch your body, like reach out and physically touch you. Um, in a place where, like, no stranger would ever physically touch right. you on a normal day. Like, no one's, like, reaching out and, like, touching your belly button when you're not pregnant. Um, and so that has – those moments um, definitely, like, definitely can cause um, some some physical anxiety. And, and I think that, you know, I haven't talked to a single pregnant woman who – who says that it feels good for her when people are commenting on her body or that it feels good for her when strangers are like reaching out and touching her. So I think, I think that while there, there may be, there may be people who don't mind it at all. Um, I think that there is a huge, a huge chunk, maybe like majority of women who that, that causes like a lot of body anxiety and discomfort. And I know, I know that it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. I'm so glad you touched on that. I wrote in the Facebook group for podcast listeners, which everyone should join if they're not in already, but Claire in there asked the question that I think you just covered, but how does she handle it gracefully yet assertively when, without reverting back to old thoughts when someone is touching your body, touching your stomach, asking invasive questions, and I think you, you just touched on that, but it's such a interesting thing that in our culture, it's okay to do that for this particular time in a woman's life it's just so it's actually pretty strange yeah I think that people um I think that people who comment on and touch pregnant women's bodies I don't think they do it um with ill intent at all but I what I think that is forgotten is that there I'm a human being and I have this body and I've lived with this body now for 30 years and you're commenting like on on the baby as if it's separate from me, but really like it's inside me. So right. by like trying to touch the baby or by commenting on the baby, I think that they forget that they're actually like commenting on and touching you. Yeah, like there is no baby yet. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. you right now right. with the baby inside of you. Right. I think there's a disconnect between that, but for the person living in the pregnant body, it's you know, it's very much connected. Um, but I think for the, like the people externally, there's there's just that disconnect, and it's not coming from it's not coming from like a mean or a judgmental place or anything. But people just feel that they're entitled to to comment on or, or reach out and touch pregnant women's bodies as if they're suddenly like public property. You know, like the way that you would walk up to someone and be like, "Your kid's so cute," right? Or a dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, okay, yeah, but the baby's like inside me, so everything that you're saying, like if someone says to you, like oh my gosh, the the baby's like getting so big. Like what that feels like when you're pregnant is, oh my God, you're getting so big. Yeah. 
you know, or, or, you know, the comments can go the other way. Like, oh, I didn't even, I can't even tell that you're pregnant. It's like, well, okay, I don't know what I am. Like, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. And so there's all these, you know. You want me to show you the pregnancy test? Right, totally. I'm like, I, I'm not making it up, I promise. And so I think that in terms of how how do I handle it, um, I love I love the quote, and I know we've all heard it like a thousand times, but what we appreciate appreciates. And so in those moments, I realize that I have a choice where I can I can begin to hyper-focus on, um, on my physicality and on my pregnant body and what others may or may not be thinking of me. And if I choose to do that, that anxiety and body fear and is going to be what magnifies in my mind. Or what I can choose to appreciate um, is someone's someone's like kind or curious intention um, or I can choose to appreciate how I'm really excited because soon I'll get to meet like my baby things like that and then when I choose to shift the focus to those things um, then that can appreciate and that feeling those feelings of gratitude or of peacefulness that's then what um, that's then what grows so for me it's really just recognizing that in that moment, as uncomfortable as someone's comment or gesture may may make me, um, that I have the ability to choose how I how I want to react and how I want to move forward with my thoughts um, in that moment or for for the rest of the day. And so it's just been like a real, you know, a, a practice of um, of like disciplined consciousness, I guess, and really being intentional about like what it is that. I'm going to choose um, to think about and what I'm going to choose to allow to magnify in my mind because I do think it's really easy to go to that place where, you know, we get really self-critical and then that spirals out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad that you shared all of that. One thing that I'm curious about and kind of in the same vein, so before you were pregnant or when you were thinking about becoming pregnant, did you have any fears about your body? Because I don't know if this is this is just me getting personal and real. That's something that like I and this is probably, you know, still some of my history with, you know, the body image stuff that I've had, but it's such a triggering thing for me, like the fear of this changing my body in so many ways and me not being myself again after that and I think you know part of that stems from like my mom's experience with pregnancy and her mm. body and, and witnessing that but was that something that and it totally makes sense what you were saying about your physical appearance not even being a concern because I know like when I'm really sick the last thing I'm thinking of is when I have the flu or something is how I look you know you just don't care totally, totally. so but was that something was that a fear you had before you were pregnant so first, I just want to say that I think it's a, I think it's a fear that a lot of women have, and so I don't think it's like it's it's silly to experience that. But and I I definitely had that um, like previously when especially like when I was really like when I was really um, like struggling with things with food in my body, I just felt I remember thinking like okay, but if I finally, like, achieve this perfect body, I don't want to, I'll never want to, like, let it go, you know, like, I won't, uh, I won't want to, like, lose it, like, to pregnancy or to any of those things, so I can definitely remember a time when I had those thoughts, 
when I actually got pregnant, um, I I did not I did not feel that way about my body. I think when I finally got pregnant, I was really open to and like embracing the idea that our bodies are constantly changing and that pregnancy would just be like a season of change for my body. And I have a lot of friends who are either pregnant now or have young children. Um, and they, they all seem to really enjoy their pregnant bodies and also, um, like are taking incredible care of themselves after having babies. And they really, they, I, I don't hear them speaking negatively about their body. So at the time when I got pregnant, I feel like I was surrounded by a lot of really, um, like positive pregnant and post-pregnant body talk. And so that was really encouraging for me. And so that's more of the headspace that that I was in when I got pregnant was just like, okay, bodies are constantly changing. Like I really, I really wasn't that like obsessed with my pre-pregnancy body that I cared that I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't lose this because I was in I was in a place more of like not thinking that much about it. And so I think that was helpful. And then also coupled with coupled with just the like the positive pregnancy body talk that I was hearing from friends and people around me. Um, I really, I felt like, Oh, awesome. This is so cool. I get to embrace my body in a new way. I get to like have this, like, you know what I, I imagined like this adorable, like baby bump and I'm going to feel so cute and I'm going to feel so beautiful and feminine. And then like afterwards, I, all my friends seem to, you know, feel really great and they've gone on to, to do a lot of, things like physically that seem to make them like really happy, like whether that's running certain races or, you know, feeling comfortable wearing bathing suits on the beach or whatever those things might be. So that felt really, really positive to me. But a few years before I got pregnant, I definitely had a lot of those, a lot of those fears about, um, about becoming pregnant and what my, what would happen to my body. And I think that's so normal. I'm just really lucky that at the time when I got pregnant, I feel like I had a really like amazing, um, like support system and positive dialogue, like surrounding me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, it totally does. I think positive examples with body image, with pregnancy, with whatever in your life are so impactful for your perception of, of what it's going to be like and your experience of it. I think it's so true. And, and I, I mean, there's like not enough of them, right? Because I feel like every time that there's something in, in the media, it's like, get your pre-pregnancy like body back. And that's yeah, not damaging. That's not encouraging. It's totally damaging. Also, like nobody gets their pre-pregnancy body back because you've been pregnant. Like right, your different. body is never going to be like pre-pregnant again. You, you've been pregnant. And so I think it's just setting it's setting women up to feel insecure and like this insane pressure on us that's like not even possible it's not it's not realistic it's not reality yeah yeah totally i'm so glad we talked about that and that's inspiring to hear that it that stuff sort of dissipates when you're in a really healthy spot so all right, now we're going to do these, I've decided, as sort of quickfire-ish. So this is the part where we'll, I think will be really fun to look back on and kind of talk about your answers, you know, in a year, in two years when Alyosha is out of your belly and a real human being 
and I don't know, maybe even older. I think it'll it'll be fun to look back. I love that podcasting can capture a moment of time and, and we can look back on this conversation in the future. So I'm going to just ask you these questions and don't think about them too much and just kind of say the first couple of things that come to your mind. Okay, fun. Okay, so what have you felt in the past few months that surprised you the most being pregnant? Um, I am just like so much more in love with Tim than I was before I got pregnant. Mm, I love that so much. I did not, I did not know that was possible or expect that to happen, but I'm just like so like crazy about him. Mm, I'm so crazy about both of you. So what has been the best part of pregnancy? What is one thing that you remember that was really positive and and great that you've liked? Um, I think just feeling really present in my body. (laughs) Because even though sometimes it's been because I felt so sick, I've really felt like very, very like grounded, very like pulled into my body and like much less distracted. So, So more present. Cool. Have there been any like weird things or funny stories that have happened while being pregnant (laughs) or like weird things that anyone said or that have happened to you or like just anything kind of goofy that comes to mind? Yes. I like, I don't know if this is going to be an overshare, but I'm going to share it anyway. So I apologize to anyone who's like grossed out by like boob talk, but I'm so glad we did this. We did this episode today, not a few days ago, because it literally just happened two days ago. Oh, good. But I was sitting, um, I was sitting on the couch and I was wearing like this, like, (laughs) like gray tank top and Uh Oliver was laying in my lap, like passed out. And Tim looked over and he goes, um, Sim, (laughs) I think like milk just came out of (gasps) your (laughs) Really? And I was like, oh my God. And I got like, so I got so embarrassed. This, this is something like, this is something that I will say, like when we were talking about like the body talk that I, that I didn't mention, but now is like coming up, like the thing like some of the changes in your body like they're weird right like and they can be like a little bit like embarrassing or alarming or whatever so you just sort of have to like deal with them as they happen but I looked down and I was like oh my god like there was literally like milk like coming through my shirt like it could come out of my boob and I was like this is so embarrassing so I told Tim I was like no I think Oliver just licked me and he goes Sim Oliver is like passed out and I was like no he definitely jumped up and licked me and so then I went to move my shirt to like adjust it so that like the wet spot wouldn't be like right on my boob and like my nipple and then more milk came out oh my gosh so that's a thing it so like, it starts coming yeah it's like the funniest weirdest like most embarrassing like pregnancy moment that I've had like up until this point and I was like still in denial I was like yep definitely Oliver licked me nothing to see here well at least you weren't giving a talk <laughs> in front of a lot of people you were just like on the couch with Tim oh my god <laughs> and even then it would have been everyone would have been cool with it yeah again so sorry if that's like tmi for any no i love it that's like why that's like, that's like why i asked <laughs> oh my gosh that's so good and so funny um yeah i i was gonna say something else about that but i don't know i lost it oh one thing i wanted to say that i wrote down that is totally off topic for for what we're talking about right now but i i just wanted to say is that you when you were talking about prioritizing before and only being able to do so much, I just want to say for the record, for when we go back to listen to this and for you, I know as your friend, some of the things that you've accomplished during your pregnancy and you have done in these last nine months, 
so much amazing stuff for your business for like you've been such a supportive friend like you've let me just make this all about me and tell you all the things you've done for me since you've been pregnant <laughs> like you came with me to my the launch of my book in New York and like were amazing that entire time and such a champ with like annoying flight delays and then you hosted me in Columbus like a bunch of times, hosted a book launch event for me there. I mean, you did like so many amazing things just just for me. And then for yourself, for your business, you've been doing events, you've been writing, you've been doing like so many amazing things and getting your business in this like amazing beautiful place and I'm just so proud of you of how productive you've been and how creative you've been, you've been and all of the things that you've done and the trips that you've taken. And I just wanted to say that for the record. So thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate that. That means so much. FYI. Um, all right. So another weird thing about pregnancy, they talk about the weird dreams, right? And that's something you definitely experienced. Yes. (laughs) Is that still happening or is that like more of a beginning thing? Um, I have, I have had like the craziest sex dreams since getting pregnant. And like, I feel like I need to like, I feel like I need to, like, quit my, like, health coaching practice and go into, like, porno writing or something because I have, like, all these, like, wild ideas now. Like, my mind's just feeding me these crazy ideas. Write them um, down. I know, right? Just in case. <laughs> you might write the next Fifty Shades of Grey. I totally could, like, the way at the rate that I'm going. But um, I had... Dude, I, I want to read it. Super crazy, like, super vivid sex dreams up until... I would say like maybe one week ago and now I'm just having like really weird like nightmares. They're not like they're not uh like baby related nightmares or parenthood related nightmares or anything. They're just like really like creepy weird nightmares. So I think something maybe like hormonally has shifted and I've gone yeah. from like these awesome like amazing sex dreams to now like super weird nightmares. <laughs> well, write those down. Maybe you have a thriller in you. Who knows? There's so many like movie ideas swirling around in my I dreams. Know. For real. <laughs> So, okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about parenthood specifically. So what are you most looking forward to about being a new and a first-time mom? I just can't wait to see um, – I can't wait to see what he looks like and what his personality is like. It's just so bizarre that – that I'm gonna be like hanging out so much with this human <laughs> who like I already love but like I don't know anything about him right so I have like a lot of Tim and I both have a lot of ideas about what we think he's gonna be like and we both have the same ideas which we think is like so weird like we we basically like imagined this human being and like what he's gonna be like in our minds but like he and he could be like that but he could be totally different and I just can't wait to like get to know him yeah but also he probably will be like that. I think if intuitively you both feel that way. And then also just the fact that you're going to be around him a lot of the time. You're going to shape him into this way that you imagine him to be. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. Cool. So what are you most fearful of, of being a new mom? Um, I'm most fearful of hmm, I think I'm most fearful of I'm trying to think of how to put this into words like I don't want to I guess like losing um like losing what is so special between like me and Tim like I feel like I'm most I'm most afraid of losing like um our our connection or like the love between us or like having you know him like resent me for things or me resent him for things like I'm I'm just most 
I'm most afraid about um, about losing losing something or or you know a lot of things in between us because like my marriage my relationship with him is just like so precious and sacred to me that I um yeah I find myself like especially in these these last couple weeks of pregnancy just like wanting to spend as much time with him as I can and wanting to like let him know how special he is to me so I think just like the the rom- the romantic like marriage part I'm I'm afraid of losing that that getting lost in in parenthood well, don't you worry. This is being recorded. So anytime you're fearful, we just cut out that little paragraph and we just like keep it on like a flash drive and you guys can just like play it on a sound system around the house and you'll be like, oh, all right, we need a date night and I'll come over and watch Alyosha and you guys can go hang out. So another thing that I think will be interesting to look back on after you've been parents for a while, what do you think parenthood will be like what are some your some of your expectations for it um I think it will be a big team effort like one of my big expectations is that Tim and I are going to do this together um I feel like we we decided to get pregnant together like we decided that we wanted to have a child together and so my big expectation is just that we will we will be in it together we will be supporting each other we'll be doing this like as a team um, and it'll kind of, you know, be the be the five of us like in it together. So that would be like a big expectation six. that I have. Count me in. Oh, six, obviously, obviously. <laughs> Deal me in. Yes. So that that's like probably my um my my biggest expectation. And then another like kind of weird expectation that I have is that I really think like Tim and Alyosha are going to be like best buddies. Um, and so I sort of have this like maybe very unrealistic expectation that um, I'm going to have like a little bit more solo time than Tim is because I think they're they, I think they're going to be I don't know like I think they're going to be like more in it together well feel free to adopt me if you want to I've told you guys for years if you want an adult child that I'm up for adoption so I love it I love it well you know like my joke and this is like, I mean, it's totally a joke. Like, I know this is not real, but when we found out we were having a boy, I was like, whoa, like, I feel like a huge weight's been lifted. Like, Tim's going to take care of all, like, the tough conversations, and he'll talk to him about sex and, like, do all those things. And, like, I'm off the hook now. Yeah. Of course, it's not true, but I do think there's, I do think there is a part of me that, like, sees them being, like, so close and, like, buddy-buddy that I'm like, cool. Like, I'll be the, I'll be, like, the lone girl in the house, and they'll, they'll do their, They'll do their guy things together, and I'll kind of be on my own. <laughs> yeah, you're already outnumbered by totally. So by I'm boys. so outnumbered in this house. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so that's what I'm here for. We need you. We need you to come here. <laughs> exactly. Don't you worry. We're working on that. <laughs> so what advice do you have to a newly pregnant person? Take yourself back to, you know, when you, December 26th, when you found out that you were having a baby what would you tell yourself or a newly pregnant person? I guess my only, my only piece of advice would be just to, just to be open to whatever your experience is and to know that whether it's the experience that you expected to have or that your friends had or that your mom had or, you know, that you've seen like celebrities have or whatever it is, whatever your experience is, even if it's different than what your expectations might have been, just to to be open to that and to know that it's okay and 
that I really, I really do, um, do believe that everything happens for a reason. So know that, know that you're having, um, the experience that you're having for a reason and that it's not just like in vain. Mm, That was so good. Thank you for that and everything else that you shared. So I want to know, well, one more thing, I guess. So you're obviously going on maternity leave, but right now you're taking consultations and you'll be helping women when you get back and doing coaching with them, right? Yes, I will be. So what is, tell us a little bit about your coaching. Do you work with people who are mothers? Do you work with people who are pregnant? Do you work with people, like what are kind of some of the different people that you work with and how can people get in touch with you if they, you know, if they have something that they think would be something that would be really great to talk with you about. I mean, I'll say from personal experience that I'm very lucky that I get to have you as a friend and a coach, and you've helped me so much in my life with body image stuff and food stuff. I've had so many conversations with you about, Simi, I don't know what to eat or what to cook or what to do. Can you help me? And just you've always been so supportive, and you're just such a great person to listen to, and you have so many great perspectives. So how – what are some of the, you know – archetypes I guess of of different people who you work with and how how do you help women thank you so much for saying that Katie I I work with um like you said I work with only women um and some of my clients are some of my clients are moms some are pregnant and some do not have kids and are nowhere near like wanting to have kids or like maybe ever want kids so like me (laughs) I would say women at all different stages but what I really what I really work with women to do is to learn how to how to take care um how to take care of themselves their bodies and in their lives because I I love seeing women tap in to their intuition and learn how to listen to themselves and learn how to become their own expert, their own best friend, and then watch like what can unfold with their relationship with food, in their other like more interpersonal relationships, in their relationships with themselves. And then I think all that opens them up to be able to living their fullest lives. And so that's what that's what I really work with women to do is to help them learn how to take incredible care of themselves so that they're able to say yes to what really matters to them. Oh, sounds delightful. So I think you told me before this that you're doing a special thing for everyone who's listening here that you'll give them a free consultation if they want to talk with you, if they tell you that they came from here. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, we'll have the details in the show notes for how they can do that. And if they have any questions for Simi about what it's like working with you or whatever, See, she's in my Facebook group, and she's, like, super active in there, and she's my best friend. So she'll be able to answer any questions about pregnancy. I'm, like, signing you up to do this, but to answer questions about pregnancy or coaching or self-care or whatever, we'll have, like, a little chat in the Facebook group um, now that this is out. Cool? Awesome. I would love that. I love getting to connect with other women and hearing about their experiences. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Third time's a charm. Anything else that you wanted to say? Anything you think that I missed? Anything at all? Just that I'm so grateful for for you and for this opportunity just to to share my experience, not because I think my experience is like perfect or the right experience, but just so that hopefully women will feel will feel comfortable wherever they're at in their journey and knowing that um, that whatever is happening to them and whatever their experience is that it's it's okay. Mm-hmm.
All right, guys, there you have it. That was my conversation most recently with my best friend, Simi. If you like this conversation, tweet at us. Let us know that you're still listening. And again, I want to shout out my friend Amanda, my best friend Amanda's program, Liberated Movement. Check it out. Again, use the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions on if it's right for you or if you want to do it, feel free to shoot me an email. I will get back to you personally and let you know what I think about the program and if it would be right for you or not. I will be honest and just let you know. So email me for that and make sure you subscribed because next week on the podcast, I have, drumroll please, Josh Radner. And many of you might know who he is. He was the star of How I Met Your Mother, a little TV show you may or may not have heard of that was on in the 2000s. And he is the guy trying to find the mother. So he's the star of that show. But I actually didn't even watch that show. I love Josh because of his movies. They were really meaningful to me. His movie, his first movie, Happy Thank You More Please, that he wrote, direct, and starred in. And the next movie that he wrote, direct, and starred in, Liberal Arts. Both of them are amazing. Check them out before the episode because we do talk about them in the episode. And come to find out, he's a really wise, insightful, kind person who I got to know in the episode that's very long, very tangential, and very informative and interesting and fascinating that you guys will have in your earbuds next week. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're on my email list. And check out Amanda's program. Check out Simi. I love you guys. Hopefully you're still listening. I'm just rambling. And I actually really have to go. I have to catch a flight right now. I am off. But I will talk to you guys super soon. When you're hearing this, I am in New York, probably. So you've probably seen me on social media there. But I love you. And I will be back by the time nope I'll still be there when this is airing but then I'll be back after that (laughs) all right love you guys bye